Welcome home. You're listening to 180 Church Podcast. Today's sermon is given by Dr. Sammy D. Kim, a co-founder of 180 Church NYC, a bioethics fellow in global health and social medicine at Harvard Medical School, and a regular contributor at Christianity Today. So we were stuck in traffic this week, my family. And for those of you who are new, I have two kids. Uh, One's a 12-year-old and the other is seven. Of course, my wife who led worship today beautifully, didn't she? Yeah, see, I got extra points for that right there. So we were vibing because we were stuck in traffic for about an hour. The bridge was closed and I was getting frustrated. So my, my oldest son put in his music. Sometimes he does that. He takes control over the audio. And Little Punk came on. And start, suddenly I started, we started vibing. And I, I must say, I kind of like the rhythm of it. You know, everybody want to be like me. Everybody want to be like me. I was like, okay, you know. And then he started saying, you know, I spent 2K on this sheet or that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, but then I heard it. The F word. Multiple times and different. And, and here's the thing about parenting. You know, what's appropriate for a 12-year-old? It's not appropriate for a 7-year-old. You know, and, and, uh, and, and sometimes Josh, while vibing, says the word. And my wife gets freaked out. Josh! And Josh goes, well, that's bad. It just sounds like buck. Can I say buck instead? No. You can't. I mean, eventually, we're not legalistic, you know. We're not going to, you know, control our kids. We know they're going to curse. We know that they're going to go through their own stage of rebellion. What kids don't. But, you know, we have to discern how to teach them about the appropriate language, what it means to parent, and etc. But today, I want to talk about a different F word. An F word that probably comes with a lot of paranoia, stigma, and even confusion. And that word is failure. What do you hear when you hear the word failure? Tell someone next to you the word failure. When you hear the word failure, there's stigma to it. There's fear in it. There's confusion. A lot of times people see failure and, and through that lens see themselves as their, it's, their, it's identity. I'm no good or I can't do this or I'm stuck. I'm never going to make it. But failure is really all a matter of perspective. For this generation anyway, Failure is indicative to something Van Gogh experienced in his life, Vincent. Even though his paintings would be worth millions of dollars, sold for hundreds of millions recently, and some in museums that are basically priceless, he couldn't combat the feeling, the visceral feeling of failure in his life. And eventually, he only sold one painting because he was a perfectionist, and eventually he killed himself. So the truth is, what's going to happen with that F word is you're, it's going to define you because you feel it. Or you can be like Edison who said, I've never failed. I only discovered 10,000 ways something doesn't work. Tell someone next to you, it's all a matter of perspective. It is. It's the way you look at it. You might look at your life today 
where you are and go, I'm failing, I'm, I'm stumbling, I'm faltering, faltering because I'm not where I want to be. I, I don't have what I want. But like Edison says, the very difference between fatalism and perspective. And you know, it, it could just be like that, just like that in our spiritual life. A lot of you in this gathering today might feel like you're far from God. You're faltering in your faith. I'm trying, but I'm stumbling. And you go, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. And today, I want to look at this text and encourage you, for those of you who believe, and for those of you who are seeking to reassure you that God is at work. Amen? That he's working in you that the wind is blowing. And so look what Paul says in the very part of verse 2. He says, grace and what? Peace to you from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace is from God through Christ. It's from God. Grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. It's undeserved, unearned. It's not something you can work towards. It is something dispensed to you. It costs everything for the benefactor, but it costs nothing for the recipient. So Paul in the very beginning says, you can have confidence in your faith, whether you're seeking or believing, because grace starts and comes, what? From who? From God. So grace is from God. And then he says, I thank God, in verse 3, every time I remember you, in all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, in verse 6, now being what? Confident in this. Why can you have confidence that God is at work in you? Because first, it comes from God. It's initiated by God. It's something that you did not begin. And then he says this powerful phrase. That he who began a good work in you will carry it until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. So he began the work and Paul says he will finish it because grace is from God and through Jesus. It's not something we can begin. And I know for those of us who are seeking, it could feel very elusive and abstract sometimes. How could... God care for me more than I care for myself. How many people ever feel that way when you're going through problems? How could anyone know better than what I'm feeling in my life? How could anyone care more about succeeding than me? How many people here want to succeed in their life and flourish? Raise your hand. Or you're in the wrong place. You should move to uh, Wisconsin or something. <laughs> or Missouri. It's a lot of misery, but the houses are 50K. What if I was to tell you, in the story of someone like Stephen King, the great author, bestseller, blockbuster hits, he was just a teacher in rural Maine. And he, you know, got some things published. And I think his short stories are very powerful. For those of you who write, I would read those short stories. They're so powerful, moving. Those are the beginning of his work. And so he tried to publish his first novel called Carrie. And he sent to the publisher, guess how many times? 
Just give me some numbers right now. Throw out some numbers. Ten. Not that many. <laughs> Thirty times. He submitted his novel that made him famous eventually. Thirty the thirty times. We talked about this last week that when we look at our lives, you have to look at your life through the lens of intervals. There's up and downs. If it was a flat line, what would be the point of your life? It'd be just as good as dead. The intervals prove that there's an arc to your story, that there's a narrative. And this is where we have to learn to develop, as Carol Dweck says in the Stanford study, about a growing mindset versus a fatalistic mindset. I am what I do. No. Even there's serious challenges in neuroscience about intelligence, even IQ, that the human mind could continue to grow. It's really the way what? I said it before, the way you what? Look at it. It's all a matter of perspective, the way you look at your life. Stephen King thought he was a failure. Actually, after he got rejected the 30th time, he threw out his manuscript and everything else he's written in the garbage. And then that's the last time we would have heard about him. He, he poured it out. And come on, guys, right? If you were rejected 30 times, would you try again? Probably not. He has more resilience than most of us, right? He's a boomer. Then something unexpected happened. His wife believed in his story so much, just like my wife believes in me. She makes me coffee when I write. I'm a writer as well. And, you know powerful things happen, but she took the stories out, took it out of the garbage and submitted it to a publisher which published the book Carrie, which became a national international bestseller. She cared more about his flourishing than him. So, the text says, being confident of this he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion unto the day of Christ Jesus. God cares more about your flourishing, you finishing strong, than you do. He started it. He's working in you. Tell someone next to you, he's working in you. You might be a hot mess right now, a beautiful mess, but he's still working. I know sometimes it doesn't look that way when you look at the people around you. Now, this guy, no, 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 no. But he's working. <laughs> you know, how I know someone could be more committed to you than yourself is my parents who both passed in the last 10 years. When I was 25, they purchased a home for me and my wife and they gave me my inheritance early. They started it. It wasn't actually anything I did. I can't take credit for it. I, I don't go around uh, telling everyone I'm my own man. I go, listen, if I came to the States, I immigrated here in 1987, I would have been broke in the first five minutes. I would have spent $20 on Jumbo juice and t avocado toast and I'd have been broke. I would call my parents back in Seoul and be like, hey, I need some money to go back home. I've been broke. Well, no, my, my, my parents started the work because they're committed to my success. I, I, I felt when someone's more committed to your success than yourself. Then even in death, 
when I was 35, both of my parents, there were instructions left, even in their funeral, of insurance money. They said, we did not want to burden you with our expenses, this, that. They, so they give me their inheritance when, I'm, when they're alive, and they leave money behind in their death. I know a father the Bible talks about, a heavenly father that cares more about me than my parents ever could. The heavenly father today cares about you, committed to your life more than you and anyone else that you know. So the confidence doesn't come from my will or my intelligence or my grit. It comes from his goodness and who he is. Amen? Because grace doesn't begin with me. It comes from Jesus in verse 2. And then, in verse 11, it clearly says it comes through Jesus Christ. From and through God. God is committed to you. So maybe today is the time when you look at your life through the lens of success and failure. You take your life out of your hands. And maybe it's time Tell someone it's time to put your, your life into his. Put your life into God's hands. For the seeker today, I want to reassure you. Some of you have been in our community for a long time. You go, where am I going to believe? Where am I going to get this? Listen, God is the one who begins to work. So don't feel so pressured. Maybe I'm never going to get it. Because when my kids were born, Nathan was four weeks early. Josh was one week early early. They didn't come and apologize. I'm sorry I came early. (laughs) All the work was done by my wife and a little bit by me, cheering her on. I was like, where's my epidural? No, the the birth that works, the work that begins in you, it's a work that God does. And so those of you seeking, I want to reassure you, you're not doing anything wrong. God is at work. Trust the process. For those of you who believe that can't see through the other side of the tunnel, in your darkness, be encouraged. The one who started the good work in you will finish it, not because of your goodness or merit, but because of his grace. Amen? Let's stand and pray together. Will you pray with me? As a sign, would you lift your hands to the Lord and receive the grace of God today? Will you take life that you're holding, the life you're holding out of your hands and put your life into God's hands today. Because once you give your life to him, he will never let you go. Whether you're seeking or you believe, be reassured he starts to work and finishes. If you're discouraged today as a believer, your life is not going as planned, he's working in your life. Give it back to him, for he is good. So, Father, we come before you this afternoon. For those of us who are seeking, we are reassured that the work is something you begin in us, not something we can start. So be be encouraged and reassured that he's working. For For those of us who believe, where our future seems blurry. Remember, he has plans to prosper you in a future 
He is writing his story. Trust him, for he is good. He's, God is more committed to your success, in your flourishing, in character, and life than you are. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. everyone we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today we want to invite you to join us for our sunday service we meet at the amc lowe's theater at 19th and broadway in manhattan at 12 noon and we'd love to see you guys there we also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests it's available at 5397prayer and at prayer at 180church.tv in the midst of life if you need prayer our team is available to lift you up in your struggles and we're always there for you You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv. 